Welcome to Dinosaur Man News and Reviews. I'm Andy Hughes. I'm here with Alex Hudson. Podcast, podcast, me so hungry in my tummy. Podcast, podcast. <laughs> Let's move on. Beautiful. We all know what happened here. Beautiful. Well, the audience on. knows this isn't our first rodeo or our first take of this intro. Okay, moving on. It's always great when you do a second take of an intro, but you reference the first take that will not be going out. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what you think. It's, it's a nice little surprise for people. It lets them to they can have their theories about what happened on the exactly. first take. It's like the people... Yes, you know, okay, fine. I said something on Broadcastable. It's like looking Copyright at the infringement. Mayan calendar that people were there like, what does it all mean? People will be, you know, sifting through this podcast and years to come and going, but, but why was he hungry for podcasts? Mm. The Mayan calendar, not as popular as the April and calendar. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> it's fucking great. Um, okay, I saw moving something on. online yesterday. I didn't actually click on the article. I only read the headlines. Here we go. Should, half a bit of news. This is how half you should read the news. Okay. Uh, and the headline basically said that people are now thinking that maybe they got the Mayan calendar slightly wrong. And, and 2020 was years, the year. Hmm. The years when it's supposed to end. And everyone's just like, not now, Mayans. We don't need you to. I think that's that's nonsense anyway. I think people are just wanting to explain away some nonsense they don't like. Oh, I don't like this year, so therefore the Mayans must have predicted it was terrible. Or, but you love this Oh, this year, year is cancelled. Um, 2020 is cancelled, guys. Don't know if you know about this. <laughs> no, it's not cancelled. You're cancelled, Jessica. What did Jessica do? Jessica Jones knows what she did. Wow. She upset you somehow. Yeah, of course she did. I don't like a movie. <laughs> Whatever it was, TV show. And we've already discussed a TV show is just multiple movies put together into a series. Kind of is true when you think about it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you hated that take last time I made it. It's like it, no, it is like a movie, but it's like if they had if they had no faith in a movie, they would just it's make like it a TV show. Watching ten movies in a row. Ugh. Nothing, nothing worse Sometimes than that. Sometimes little half hour movies, <laughs> twenty two minute movies. Uh, Welcome right. to the podcast, Let's guys. Just do it. Can we? The only podcast on? that talks movie news and movie reviews. Still hate that. And real news. Still and hate... real reviews. Oh, you want to talk reviews. real news? Do you want me to do talk my real news and real real reviews of life? It's bad. Do you want me to do my new character? No, let's not. Because you know who that is, and you won't like it. <laughs> let's talk. If we're going to talk real news, my character has to show up. Let's talk mm. movie news. But mm. before we talk movie news... Looks like news, Andy doesn't like hearing from leftists anymore. We have to Because my character is the ultimate liberal. To gaming news. Um, oh, do we have to say what we're actually going to talk about in the episode? Did you want to The talk Five about? Bloods? There you go. That's it. Let's talk some gaming oh, news. Oh, um, sorry guys, no Ghibli this week. Um, just rip that band-aid off now. <laughs> yeah, tell them now rather than later. Because you wouldn't reference that there's going to be no Ghibli later. You would just not do it. Whereas this week, at least now they know. We've lost five listeners. <laughs> um, what are we talking about? Gaming news. Okay. Gaming. Literally nothing of interest happened this week in the world of gaming, so let's move on. The PS5 got launched. No. Well, they didn't launch it. They no. Whole... That didn't happen. I saw it. I watched yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I'm deliberately ignoring the biggest news story of the week. Okay. Have you listened to gaming news before? <laughs> Fine. Do you want me to tell you a thing? Ninja probably offended someone. And then he played Fortnite. And then he said, Ooh, Fortnite's not as good as it used to be. They need more skins. Who knew? <laughs> you know who else needs more skins? Bloody Buffalo Bill from <laughs> Science of the Lambs. No one's speaking about that. Um, just thinking, do I have anything in the news? Jeepers I, Creepers needs more skins. I finished Star Wars the game. I don't know if we talked about that last yes, time. Yes, you did, I think. I don't know how long ago I'd I don't know. It. I was, it was two weeks it. ago we recorded, so I guess. Yeah, I finished it. Yeah. That's fine. It's. I think we did fine. talk about this. The story's bad. Like The story's just a bit boring. Yeah, you told us that the story wasn't good. Yeah, and I finished the story, and it's boring. The last well, I would hope you finish the story if you finish the game. The last boss Imagine if you, you thought you'd finish the game, but you knew you hadn't finished the story. 
But it's like, oh, you can carry on playing the game and you can unlock... Like, when you get to the second to last page of a book, do you just rip out the last page and go, well, I guess I'm done now. I eat it, so I still consume that media. Weird. (laughs) Weird (laughs) that they concluded the story with half of a sentence, but whatever. Uh, The end of a book is only them wrapping up anyway. Yes, yeah, Unless it's a Goosebumps it's book. In which case it ends with, and the mask was back on his face. Or, and that's why you don't go into the basement because of the the weed that they grow in there. Because... That one was just about weed being grown, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. The plants in the basement, where his dad's a and weed plant. back at the theme park with the ogres. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how every Goosebumps book ended. Apart More... from the one that goes, turn to page 12. More haunted waxworks. Guys, that's what I want. You want my... House of Wax reboot? I actually wouldn't mind that. Still starring Paris Hilton. She's the only returning cast member, yeah. Jared Padalecki? No, no, he's not good enough. Is that his name? Jared? Yeah, Jared Padalecki. Yeah. 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 Um, Paris Hilton. Mm-hmm. An heiress from another hotel chain, Emma Marriott. <laughs> I was going to go uh, for... Um, Ramada oh. Jarvis. I can't even remember what her name is now. The Susan from, Sheraton. The one from Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Is she a hotel heiress? Yes. Is she in real life or is it like her no, character? She's in the- I want real life heiresses. Yeah, and I want. Okay, well, this is going to be fascinating for everyone. Um, This is not important, is it? No, why am I searching it? Okay, let's get but- back to it. But yeah, um, London. I think her name was London. Okay. <laughs> um, what was the point of that? Oh yeah, we were talking about games. Do I have any other games that I played? Started Mass Effect again. That's yeah. that's a thing. Um, no. Cool. Shall we talk movie news? Yeah. <laughs> God, people. <laughs> Why do they listen? If this is their only source of movie news and well, reviews, it's the world's only they source are, of it movie is, news. It is literally no wonder why we are raising a generation of idiots. Because this isn't good. They know that. There's better stuff out there. In this world, yeah. who would choose to listen to this podcast? The best people. And if you have chosen to mm-hmm. listen to this podcast, yeah. you are great. Uh, and don't let anyone tell you that you're okay. not. If look, you have chosen. Look in the mirror. Look at yourself in the mirror and go, I am great. Mm -hmm. And then you'll see that the mirror image of yourself also says that, and you'll be like, "Mm, a bit rich, you're saying that about yourself. Mm -hmm. If you choose to listen to this podcast, you're a fucking idiot. Uh, Okay. I love you all. I I hate all of our listeners. (laughs) It's the equilibrium of the podcast. Great movie. (laughs) Movie news, please. Uh, Christian Bale's finest work, that was. Uh, hey, I liked Equilibrium. Did you? Oh, of course you did. Okay, um, Barbara Muschietti has said that there is going to be uh, an update regarding uh, the Flash movie soon. <laughs> the update is going to be it's delayed again and it's lost its director and also her <laughs> husband. Gore Verbinski is probably in charge now. Mm. Um, yeah, it's look. I like the thing is that whole thing's a bit weird as well because obviously. The last thing we saw of Ezra Miller, he was choke slamming a woman to the floor. Oh yeah, that might. I mean, I don't know if that would affect anything. Um, because you obviously, we only saw a little clip of it, but that's definitely the last thing I remember seeing. Um, but also, was that know, a deleted scene from Justice League? No. Okay, it was on the red carpet. This is not from um, from the Snyder cut. Okay, <laughs> he might just put it in there as well if people really enjoyed it. Mm. Um. Yeah, this film's weird. It's his sister, not his wife, right? What? Andy Muschietti is Barbara Muschietti's brother, not wife. Not husband. Okay. <laughs> I think I, I said husband. I meant brother. Oh, I thought that it was Danny Trejo's character, Muschietti. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can get on board with all of this. Um. Yeah. That film is in a weird place. It has been for a long time. I'll tell you where it is. It's in development hell with development Satan. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Development Satan is taking on the role of Gambit, by the way. (laughs) He is the king of the underworld. Um, Yeah, that film is never coming out, right? I'm very interested to see what they do because obviously it all depends what happens with this entire 
universe of films mm-hmm. because that film was supposed to be a kind of it can be used to retcon everything it was kind of there oh we can push everything under the carpet with yeah. this film but now you might not have to maybe maybe i mean look this film is probably not going to come out until 2022 at least well that's when they'll finally settle on a director yeah um by which point we'll have had probably birds of prey too Mm-hmm. We're going to have had the first of the new Batmans. Yep. We're going to probably have had Superman Returns again. <laughs> and we're probably going to have had it. Well, we're going to definitely have had Aquaman too. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll probably have the trench as well. Why bother the resetting air, everything? The air cut everything has worked so perfectly up until this point. We'd always had the air cut. Oh, yeah. The air cuts the come Snyder out. The Snyder cut. cut. The one cut. Uh, yeah, <laughs> every one of those films would also have a cut. Then there'll be the Snyder cut of the Snyder cut because they'll say HBO Max didn't let me cut yeah, it the way yeah. I needed to. Yeah, that's it. Um, I don't know. Look, it's fine. Whatever. And then the Weed. Where's the Weedon cut of Justice League? I want. The cut I think we saw it. But it's only. Just <laughs> I, I really think bits. we saw it. Um, that uh, that movie's just whatever at this point, right? <laughs> Um, some more sort of pressing uh, new, not pressing. It's not important. None of this is important. Of the pressers uh, is that Tenet and Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four have been delayed. Uh, Tenet was supposed to be released on the seventeenth of July, being the sort of first thing back in the cinemas. Thirty uh, first of July at earliest now. Mm-hmm. Um, Can't wait to see if his wife is a train. Yeah, um, and they will re-release Inception. Um, to mark its 10-year anniversary as well. Oh, very intriguing. Mm. That will be released, and then Tenet, its definite sequel. Uh-huh, right, okay. Um, unless Tenet is set on-site, on-site, <laughs> on-site the train that is his wife, then... Like, basically, there's going to be, mm-hmm. like, an after-credits in Inception, and it's Robert Pattinson stood aboard the train. Yeah. Just, like, this Driving is your it wife, and saying, Leonardo. I am in your wife. <laughs> Which is gross, I suppose. Um, Wonder Woman 84 has been delayed from 14th, 14th of August. <laughs> 14th of August yeah. till October the 2nd, uh, which is the second time it's been delayed. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they just want obviously. That, that one's got to do kind of big licks, hasn't it, really? It's mm, but they're now going to put it to... directly up against Death on the Nile. No. <laughs> Death of Wonder Woman, I see. Uh, I think Death on the Nile is actually November now, because I think that's going directly up against James Bond, I guess, <laughs> which has moved forward five days. Uh, look, there's too much of this. Um, what it is at the moment is, the film calendar is, no one you've got the three cups, and there's the ball, and the ball goes under one of those cups, but you don't know which mm. one it is. Yeah. There's a movie release date under that yeah. one of those dates. Okay, so you walk into a room. On the table in front of you, there are three cups. Yes. The World Cup. Okay. Um, cup of... Yeah. No, no. <laughs> you you started this oh, journey. Oh, Knight of Cups, the uh, Terrence Malick movie. Okay. And Cuphead, the video game. A copy of Cuphead on Blu-ray. Okay. So I see those three cups, mm-hmm. and then what? And there's a ball as well. Okay. Michael. <laughs> And you have to work out which of those cups Michael Ball would fit his balls in <laughs> best. I'll give you a clue. It's not the World Cup because that's not actually a cup. It's not Interesting, course. isn't it? No. Isn't it? No. Mm. no let's it get isn't. into this. No, the uh, big cup wants you to think that... Let's not bring your it's interesting, isn't it, voice to something that nobody wants to hear no. about. Interesting that big cup wants us to think that the World Cup is their most famous cup. And yet it's not even a cup, it's a thing. Cut the top off, I suppose. Stanley Cup, that's a cup. Okay. Um, what other news did you have? Sippy Cup, that's a cup, <laughs> definitely. Um, Godzilla vs. King Kong, or Godzilla vs. Kong, rather, uh, has been delayed from November 2020 till May 2021. Um, the upcoming Monster vs. Installment was one of the most anticipated films coming out this year, as we've already mm-hmm. discussed on this podcast. Recently, it received a PG-13 rating. Ooh. Where's my R-rated cut? Oh, it says here, there will be an R-rated cut in which Godzilla calls King Kong a motherfucker. (laughs) Twice. (laughs) He just shouts fuck as he breathes like his laser breath. Mm. Um, So, Adam Wingard um, 
said that there's going to be lots of monster reaction in this one. I mean, you'd hope so. It's a <laughs> monster versus monster movie. Uh, but yeah, it, you know, that's fine. I saw some people um, predicting what that film's going to be, what kind of guessing what there's going to be. Mm, I think I'll, it's going to be a movie. Well, no, kind of like what's going to be the outcome and... A draw. I kind it's of like when it. Superman fights oh, the yeah, Flash Oh yeah, there's no way either one of them wins because mm-hmm. they're still going to want to make movies mm-hmm. with them. Um, but it's going to be one of the kind of like, oh, we'll fight each other and then a bigger threat comes along. Oh, I've actually got a theory on this that I've just remembered. I think what's okay. Gonna the ha- smile on your face is you've just created something in your head. But go on. I think what's going to happen is that um, at the end of the movie, uh, you will see they will have a fight on a pier, mm-hmm. and then they will both fall off into the pier, mm-hmm. into the water rather, and then Godzilla will come out holding King Kong's head. But then King Kong will turn to the camera and wink, and also be called Freddy Krueger. Freddy versus Jason ending. Yeah. Oh, where's my Freddy versus Jason too? <laughs> um, Rematch. Jason mm-hmm. in future installments should be played by Tyson Fury. What? Approve what? or disapprove? <laughs> Why? Because you need a hulking guy to yeah. be that. You know, Kane Hodder, Ken Kersinger. Tyson Fury is a man known predominantly for his personality, like, like. Yeah, well, no, um, no he's boxing. But... Just because you don't see someone's face doesn't mean they don't have a personality. Actually, in Jason's case, that kind of is true. Because this is right. This is the problem with Jason. This is why I never really got on board with Jason. Okay. Right? They never really understood what that was, and neither did I. As a result, because it's like, okay, so this kid, yeah, did he drown? Did he or didn't he? That's the question. What's your answer? I don't know. Did he drown? Three, sure. two, one. Yes. Yeah, why not? But then he comes back at the end, but it's a dream, right? No. But is it a dream? Yes. It's supposed to be a dream. What, what answer am not. I supposed to say? Okay, my big issue is, if he was drowned ages ago, right, how is he so big now? <laughs> anyway, Bride <laughs> of Frankenstein's still going ahead. <laughs> um, so, David Kep, uh, who was writing it... Is this the Angelina Jolie one? So when it was when it was originally put forward as being the second in the um, Dark Universe yeah. franchise, Angelina Jolie had been attached at one point, and then Javier Bardem came on board instead as Frankenstein, and mm-hmm. then they were still in the process of trying to find someone else for the role. Um, but David Kep was writing it, and Bill Condon was going to direct it. It looks like Javier Bardem and Bill Condon have gone from the project, but David Kep has said that whilst he's been under quarantine he has been uh resurrecting bride of frankenstein no Ooh. pun intended okay so he now has a version that he's happy with and he says that the studio are happy with it as well and they're talking to directors again so that may well be uh, and they, he's basically said it's not going to be a big sort of splashy $150 million movie, but yeah. it's also not going to be a micro-budgeted Invisible Man type thing. It'll be something in between. It'll be its own thing. Uh, we'll see if this ever comes out. I mean, again, this <laughs> this is the flash of monsters. Yes. Well, this one isn't, because this one... I don't think anyone really thought this was still alive, but apparently it is. Um, it's alive! Great. Uh, yeah, you. so that's the news there. That my audition. One more bit of... Uh, other news is uh, Bruce Campbell has been talking about the new Evil Dead movie and uh, director Lee Cronin has come on board who directed, do you remember I reviewed this last last year I think it was The Hole in the Ground maybe uh, sort of a very small uh, small horror thing uh, Irish mm-hmm. Irish based thing from I think last year, yeah, I, I watched it. I think towards the tail end of last year, but it came out in January, February time. I didn't like it, and I, I you know, I, I thought it was quite generic and sort of felt like it was a bit stayed and a bit sort of. Oh, this has all been covered before. Yes, I'd be interested to see what he might do with an Evil Dead movie. Are you interested in an Evil Dead movie? Not to the point where I would want to see it, but if it comes out, of course I will, because 
I have a podcast. Well, you're also a fan of the character, aren't you? Yeah. Like, you watch Ash vs. Evil it doesn't, Dead. It doesn't feel like it needs to be revisited. To be honest, Ash vs. Evil Dead felt like it was a unnecessary addition to the franchise. Didn't you like it? I thought you it was, enjoyed it. It was fine, but it felt unnecessary. I didn't ever feel like we needed to go back to it, mm-hmm. but it was fine while it was happening. Um, I think I only ever watched two series of it, and... Yeah, I think there's a it got third. got cancelled in the end, didn't it? Bloody, like most things now, everything's getting cancelled if you get my drift. <laughs> cancel culture is what I'm talking about. Bloody networks have been employing cancel culture for years, guys. Wow. Swing and a miss for Hudson. Wow. <laughs> Swing and a miss. Um, a couple of trailers. Oh, hang on. <clears throat> wow, he almost missed his own feet, guys. Like this... Yes, who's back? Back again. Trailers back. Watch them now. Trailers back. Trailers back. Trailers back. Trailers back. Trailers back. Trailers back. I've created a monster. <laughs> the silence there. And its name is Trailer Roundup. <laughs> the silence there. Some people think you might have pre-recorded that and then slipped it in afterwards. Mm-hmm. It was just disapproving silence. What if I now go and re-record it and then slip it in afterwards and it's the full song? <laughs> but you can't do me for it because I've changed all of the lyrics. Parody law. Parody law. The most powerful law of the land. Um, so, we've got three trailers. Okay. One is an absolute one for me. Mm. Relic. Absolute one for me. Haunted House movie. It looks pretty interesting. I don't know. I'll see it, maybe. It looks creepy enough. It looked fairly bland to me. Wow. Says the man. The plan. <laughs> you got so distracted from the podcast for like half a second. It sounds like there's a rabble outside there. So that's why. I mean, I didn't see anyone going past. Uh, now I can see the rabble. It's like a riot. Um, it actually sounds like there's a rabbi outside the house. <laughs> but uh, he's at the synagogue now. <laughs> yeah, it just seemed to me like a haunted house. Yeah. But there's also body horror maybe in there. Mm. People decaying. I don't know. Like I, said, I don't watch horror movies and I won't watch it. So it's not really trying to sell itself to me, let's be honest. Wow. But I watched it and kind of went, I feel like I've seen this trailer before. Mm. Like, like I see this trailer like three times a year, every year. Okay. Was it the other two trailers we watched today or so? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were, both, they were all the exact same trailer. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this is one of the weirdest bits of sort of branded content. Eurovision Song Contest, the saga of Fire Saga, uh, the story of Fire Saga. I mean... I, so just look. to kind of find out, guys, this is another, this is a different trailer. This isn't, the Haunted House film is not branded content by Eurovision. Oh, okay, I thought it was. I thought it was the same film. The <laughs> relic is so. Just, just a question on relic. Like, do you mm-hmm. know anything about like about it, or is there any reason? No, I've just heard good buzz about it okay. from the festival circuit. So, maybe good. But yeah, so maybe bad. Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. Yeah, Netflix this movie, film. Netflix production alongside, we're guessing Eurovision as some <laughs> kind of promotional tool. So it's Will Ferrell and... Rachel McAdams. Yeah. And also Dan Stevens is here, doing a sort of hurdy-gurdy accent as mm-hmm. well. Everyone's doing a bit of hurdy-gurdy accents. And this is the problem with the uh, American washing of Icelandic movies. Yeah. Uh, isn't it interesting that Will Ferrell okay. is not getting told off for doing an Icelandic accent here? But I'm telling him off because I don't like it. Well, it's interesting because it looks like it's going to be just standard Will Ferrell fare now. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think I spoke about this before, but I've kind of gone off the Will Ferrell bandwagon. Like, I remember I used to be a big fan, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a period of like old school Anchorman and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um, all coming out at the same time. Um, and I I was there like, Will Ferrell is a comic genius. And over time, like, the Will Ferrell shtick has been lost on me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... Pretty much the same, like, let's be honest, Holmes and Watson is definitely going to jade you to something like that. Um, my problem with this as well is, like, you're right, It's it seems to be Eurovision heavily involved in it, but is it going to be that kind of the way that, like, the Americans people like that look at Eurovision of, 
this is a competition of ridiculous and pomp and actually it means nothing but actually Eurovision Song Contest meant something to a lot of people and there's a lot of countries that still take it very seriously mm. like yes it, it does have this ridiculous nature and it does have these acts that are kind of sham acts and they're there to kind of you know shock and surprise and it's like oh that's that's what Eurovision's there for it is cheesy and stuff like that but actually at the same time there was something deeper about the competition yeah um, and that is still there for a lot of people yeah, so it was meant to come out in May to coincide with the 2020 mm-hmm. Eurovision Song Contest, and when that was obviously COVIDized, this had to move sometime. Yeah. So they've just gone, yeah, chuck it on now, because otherwise it won't be relevant next year. Um, yeah, I mean, he's in 2018, he attended the finals to research characters and scenarios for the film. Mm-hmm. The scenario is the Eurovision Song Contest is happening and he's in it. The character is he is a person who is participating, I guess. Yeah, and the thing is... It might... No one in Europe was making this film, so the Americans had to do it for us. You know, it might surprise us and it might be a film full of heart, but the trailer is three minutes long and basically shows me the entire story. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, it looks like it's Blades of Glory, but at Eurovision. Yeah. But, we'll see. Yeah. I mm. don't mean to be so damning on it, but... <laughs> but it looks nonsense. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm I'm glad people worked hard on it. <laughs> Final trailer for this week is Bill and Ted Face the Music. It's only a teaser, isn't it? It's only, it's only a bloody teaser, guys. Don't get too excited. Feel teased? Don't get your trousers off just yet. They're only teasing. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's a teaser. Um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, it's it's, it? it's weird to see them back in it those is. guises. Like, some would say they didn't need to do this. Did you find it really off-putting? Like, cause I, I don't think people, I'm going to like this film because of it. I know some people who were, like, mega-buzzed for this. They were like, oh, yeah, look at this, it's back. Like, I can't believe it. They mega-bust it. They mega-bust it. <laughs> they got the mega-bust all the way to the trailer. <laughs> they paid a pound, they took one mega-bust all Crazy the way to value on those mega-buses. Just one pound, go anywhere. Um, <laughs> Want to go to Beijing? Get on the mega-bus. It departs Peterborough in an hour, and it will take you four years to get to your destination. And somebody, about ten minutes into that, will clog the toilet, and nobody can use it. Um, but yeah, Would you I, travel by Megabus? Have I ever? Would you? No. Have you ever? No. Will you? Could you envision a scenario where you can? Yeah, okay, here's well, a scenario well, for you. You have one pound. Okay. You need to get to London tomorrow. I would probably would prefer to put my hands my my life in the hands of, of a stranger. Like, yeah, you'd hitchhike. hitchhike. You'd hitchhike over a mega bus. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Or I'd busk and get more of my parents. I'd mega busk. <laughs> 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 um, okay, um, but yeah. So what's cracking off with this then? But yeah, so in, they're mega buzzed. They it's they come back and obviously it's that thing of like in Bill and Ted Two I think it is they're like oh they're gonna write the song that unites the whole of the world. Mm. Um, Spoiler alert! At this it point, didn't. At this point in time, they still haven't written that song, and they're like oh we could go and steal that song from our future selves. That's basically the whole trailer. Mm. That's all it does is tell you it's the whole film as well. I would imagine. Um, and yeah, it was just weird seeing them back and doing the Bill and Ted shtick, but then we go okay. I don't know whether this is going to be enjoyable or not, but I, I, I think I need to see more of it. See mm. how. I think my one, my one thing is like I think this could just be a, this series is a is a product of its time mm. potentially, and I feel like if you if you start bringing back this or a Wayne's World or something like that, yeah. it feels like this is not. This doesn't age well because this sort of reality doesn't exist anymore. But maybe if you're dealing with the grown-up versions of the characters and they're sort of having to adjust to the fact that they haven't become what mm-hmm. they like, the wanted thing is, to, maybe that's interesting. It does have potential to be a lot of fun. Like The potential is there to yeah. be fun. But there is the potential there for it to completely miss the mark. Mm. Like, I do think this film can go only one of two ways. Like It'll either be a hell of a lot of fun mm-hmm. or it will be really hard to watch. Yeah, I um, agree. Who knows? It might come out as being straight down the middle, but I do think it's got to be one of those two ways. Um, and I, I hope it's fun. Like, 
I do have fond memories of Bill and Ted. I've not watched it in a long, long time, mm. but I remember enjoying it when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if they translate to now. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll hold back judgment on it. I think. And I'll hold back the river. Who sang that? Me and James Bay. James Bay. James Bay was the long-haired one. And then he shaved his head. Yes, he's he was tall, and then he went electric, right? Or he yes. went acoustic. Was he electric at first? Yeah, he was made of pure electricity. Uh-huh. He's actually <laughs> in uh, Spider-Man the Third as Electro. Did you know this? James Bay's been cast. Spider-Man the Third. Yeah, Spider-Man the Third one. Whatever that's going to be. Home, home again. Home again, home again. <laughs> Clippity-clop. Shall we talk? I think we should let that hang in the air. Anything else? Um, <laughs> like, please. Should we end the podcast now? Not give our review. Just, just get on with it. Uh, let's review it then. Uh, so. Yeah. So, have you got anything for? Have you watched anything like? I, no, I don't think I don't so. What's your future? Nearly finished season one of Deadwood again. Yeah, how's that going for you? Yeah, it's still good. Um, the thing that you forget about the first season of Deadwood, though, guys, is that basically the first season. Not very much happens at all, but that's kind of okay because gentler times, right? Well, I say gentler times, there's a lot of shootings, mm. but if you take away the shootings and the murderings, there's very little that happens. But that's kind of, it's a slice of life, you know? It's yeah. good. I finished season one of Community. It's a slice of life. Yeah, it's Lots a slice of, of things life. go on there. Yeah, it's a lot of Annals and Hannigans. <laughs> Shenanigans. <laughs> You're glad that your your suggestion. <laughs> you told me it would never work. And yeah, and I it didn't. <laughs> I'm guessing there's going to be so many people sat home raucously mm. laughing. Okay, and they're going to think you came up with that Cockney rhyme and slang. Oh, oh no! Believe me, I'm willing to absolutely cede control of that and say Andy came up with Alison Hannigan being short for <laughs> short for mind <laughs> shenanigans. Anyway, uh, should we move on then? Let's do our review. Uh, so, The Five Bloods is the new Spike Lee film, which is on Netflix as of Friday, just gone. Um, and stars Delroy Lindo, Jonathan Majors, Clark Peters, Norm Lewis, and Isaiah Whitlock Jr. Um, the story of Vietnam vets returning to Vietnam to recover the body of their squad leader who was killed in action in the Vietnam War. Um, and also there is this sort of underlying idea that there is a buried treasure to be rediscovered. Um, and then along the way, some Alison Hannigans happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's the gist of it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was, uh, yeah, this was picked up by Netflix when they couldn't sell it to anyone else, basically. Everyone <laughs> else passed on it, and... It was a script that had come to Spike Lee, having been written by Danny Bilson and Paul DeMio, I think it was. And then Spike Lee and his co-writer, Kevin Wilmot, then came on board to rewrite it. Yeah. And uh, Spike Lee has made a film where he's, for the first time, really telling a Vietnam story from the perspective of black veterans. Yes. Rather than the traditional sort of, oh, here's Charlie Sheen in the jungle. Wouldn't you like to find out what happens to him? Um, what do you think? Um, it's interesting. Like at times, it seems almost like a lecture. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it covers the storied past of the Vietnam War, and you know, the fact that it isn't. It's clearly mentioned in the film as well at one point that you know there is an Americanized view of the Vietnam War, um, and you know it wasn't all roses mm-hmm. and at times it does seem like it's more of a lecture than it is a film um and there are points that comes across where it's talking about especially the history of the black soldiers um how that war affected vietnam how people are were treated and how they are treated now um and there's some really interesting stuff in there um i think there's a couple of really good central performances in here as well mm-hmm. I, I think delroy lindo's performance as paul is just Absolutely. Incredible. Uh, and there's moments in there where I was absolutely enthralled by him. Mm. I think the film loses its way at times. Yeah. It's it's long. Mm-hmm. And while sometimes it breezes by, at times it does kind of drag its heels a bit. Yeah. And I think it does suffer from... It suffers from basically... At times, it is very 
progressive. Mm-hmm. It is very interesting. It's very enthralling. You can see where the Spike Lee taste of this film is. Yeah. But at times it is very filmy and it is very obvious what is going to happen. It is very uh, predictable is the mm. word I'm looking for. It's very predictable. Like there are moments in this film like, oh, this is going to happen. X is going to happen because I know that's how films are made. Mm-hmm. Um, and this character is going to make this decision because it's a film. And it's instead of it being interesting that way, it loses its effect in those moments. Mm-hmm. So while it does have a punch, at times its follow through is soft. Yeah. Um, I think the the stuff that doesn't work about it doesn't, for me, take away the impact of the stuff that does work. Because I think the message here is very clear. And it's a prescient movie for the current time. Oh, yeah. it's, it's And it feels timely. like it could have been written this week. Absolutely. Um, it's one of those films that, like, it's it's so relevant today. Like, at this point in time in our history, it is so relevant that it is incredible that this film wasn't made specifically for now. Well, I think Netflix will be rubbing their hands together going, we've got absolutely, you know, they've released it now, and it feels like this is the film for now, for mm. this moment. Um and, I mean, who better to be a spokesperson than Spike Lee about this? And mm. I've listened to a couple of interviews with him about this film, and he's basically talked about the fact that, you know, this is not a story that a lot of people have ever told before from a black perspective. And it's always yeah. been told from from a white angle and sort of, oh, how tragic that these heroic white guys went over and fought... And, you know, it's brought up in this film where 30% of the soldiers fighting over there were black yeah. and weren't really representative of the the, the population the population of the US and they were fighting a war for the for the civil rights that they didn't have at the time mm-hmm. and that's and I think if nothing else you're almost always guaranteed with Spike Lee a film that is going to ask you some questions that you maybe don't want to answer or you don't want to face up to and the stuff that works in the film here is the stuff where these guys have to go back and face up to the stuff of their past. Mm-hmm. I think there is some really uh, there is some really good stuff particularly with Delroy Lindo's character where it's facing up to what you have done in your life, what that has meant mm-hmm. to you and whether that's actually made an impact on in the way that you were told it would or in the way that you Absolutely. hoped it would. And I think you know there is some really great stuff about facing your demons and how do you deal with those when it's so intrinsically tied to a place that you feel you must revisit yeah and kind of put those demons to rest but at the same time you're surrounded by that place and it's it's crushing you yeah um and yeah i think that stuff is is really great um and like i said it's just a shame because i do think there are moments in this film where i'm like that is it's telegraphed. Like, yeah. here's a question. Like, we won't spoil anything, but do you think the final third of the film is necessary? Not as in like certain character moments and stuff like that, because there is some really strong character stuff. But as in kind of the situation it sets up, do you think it's necessary? It, or do you think is, kind of uh, so here's here's my issue: is I I feel like maybe the the whole gold plot line yeah. isn't necessary in the in it at all. You could remove that and still have the film, mm-hmm. and it would work better for it, rather than having that lace throughout the film, which is, yeah. of course, the majority of the third act. But and that's my, I think that's I think my yeah I think if you remove that, it's probably a better film for it because I think the if rest you make it, it about these guys going back and facing up to the past and mm-hmm. and the horrors that they saw and committed over there, yeah, that actually that's that's the story you should. Yeah, and it's the story that does get told because Absolutely, it does get told, yes. but it gets told alongside a story that doesn't work so well and creates this uneven film. This is the thing: is it? It feels sort of like Spike Lee's recent output up until uh, Black Klansman, which I think is a much better, more well-rounded film than this. Um, and I think it's probably Spike Lee's best film, mm-hmm. certainly of the last you know twenty years. So. If you're if you're looking at it compared to that, this is a film that shows Spike Lee doing Spike Lee 
for yeah. better and for worse. And, you know, when it comes down to it, I'd still rather have a new Spike Lee movie than not have a new Spike Lee movie. It's just a shame that it's not a neater one. And I wonder how much of that comes from... Because I have a feeling the original storyline... Is the gold. Is the gold. And the new storyline... Well, we know know that he had major impact on introducing black characters to this film rather Mm -hmm. than, you know... Oh, you know... uh, Clint Eastwood and Alan Arkin go back to Vietnam or whoever it would have yeah, been yeah. in the in the first draft. And I think that's that's the shame of it is that because it because it has to or because it is playing out alongside that other storyline mm-hmm. that doesn't work. You just kind of go I've se- I know what the film is going to be because of that mm-hmm. but the stuff that is surprising to me is how good the other stuff could yeah. have been. And don't get me wrong, I and think is. there are moments there are moments about the whole gold plot that work. And yeah. that and it'd be alive I said it didn't and you know it is bad. I just think that that's the stuff that's predictable and that's the stuff that potentially you could have lost to have a more tighter woven script. Yeah. Um that then kind of emphasizes some of the the drama that does happen with these characters mm. um, because these characters are interesting and it's not the gold that makes them interesting. No. And I think the the thing that still works here is I think the friendship between the four mm-hmm. returning veterans I think works. I believe in it. And yeah, I just, you know, I wish that it was a better film as an overall concept. Yeah. Because that's the kind of thing where you just kind of go, well... I would watch the film about these four guys. And I would watch the film if it was just about them reconnecting and them... And do you know why it is? Mm. For me, it's because the stuff that is... what. So, like I say, I'm making a massive assumption here that the stuff that is to do with the guys and them going back that isn't related to the gold is the Spike Lee stuff. Mm. And that stuff pulls no punches. The stuff where it openly talks about the political system and it talks about the oppression of the black people... It pulls no punches. Yeah. And in comparison, the other stuff seems tame. And it's that shade that doesn't flow. Yeah, I think well, I think it's a it's a case of they make strange bedfellows here because yeah. it feels like it's ripped from a very different genre of movie, let alone mm. sort it's, of it's like a Nicolas Cage national treasure movie. Yeah. Mixed with I don't know, let's say Black Landsman. Yeah. But the, this is the thing is that the the stuff there with the sort of national treasure stuff feels feels so extraneous anyway. And then you get the moments within that story where you go, oh, this is still good filmmaking because mm. there is still some good stuff associated yeah, yeah. to it. But you, you by by contrast to some of the stuff that is said in the sort of other storyline, if you want to call it that, it just feels like... I don't understand why I don't understand why it was felt necessary to keep that stuff mm. in here and whether that's something that Netflix were like oh but we want you to make the gold rush version of this I don't know movie. it might be just like a case of that script came through and it gave the idea so you know it's kind of a thing of oh it's the inspiration it's built kind around of, it it works and like I said at times it does and it doesn't take away from the quality of the filmmaking and you know the way that it's shot, the way that it has, you know, it has reenactments of certain kind of media messages and things like that. But mm-hmm. all look very much of the time, it does a good job of showing the kind of differing in Vietnam of how it used to be and definitely how it looks now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the framing devices of the film yeah. really work. The technical stuff that that Spike Lee does with it and says, "This is how I'm going to do it," as jarring as it may be to some, mm-hmm. I think this is the way to do it. I and enjoyed it. I really loved it, and the reenact not the reenactments, the sort of um, the memories, the flashbacks, yes. they they are some of the best, you know, I think they really work in terms of, oh, okay. And it's not overused, which is, which is really mm-hmm. important, that it would be so easy to go, oh, this film is massively set in the past as well. But the just have more Chadwick just- Boseman in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, because, mm-hmm. you know, he's a, he's a huge name. But to have it sprinkled in and 
when it is, it makes it more impactful. When it does flashback, it makes it seem like there's a re- there's a reason, and every time it mm. makes it feel like it's beneficial. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really like that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, there's a there's a really great performance in there. That I think stands out above the rest. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like I said, I, I like the film. Mm-hmm. I just once again wish there was a bit more kind of not restraint because that's the wrong word. I don't know. I, I just wish that that second bit wasn't there because, like I said, I during that whole third, that whole final third, mm-hmm. I was there just like I don't know if I need this. Like, yeah, there's moments going on in here that I'm like, yeah, I need that. Mm-hmm. But I don't need this. Yeah. Like I've been Yeah, I'm with you. And if you watch the film, you'll know what I mean. Like I mm. have to kind of dodge around a couple of things there. But yeah, I like it. And I I like the direction of it. And I think, you know, there's potential but you know, there's maybe talk about mm-hmm. towards the end of the year. Um when we start looking at kind of like the um picks for the academy for example yeah i think this would definitely you know it'll be in that conversation mm-hmm. because there is enough there to kind of you know at least have some kind of buzz behind it and it does seem like it's a very timely film mm-hmm. as well which will which will help it yeah um yeah i'd, I'd recommend people go and see it because there is there is mm-hmm. definitely a message in that film. i think this is uh, this is what it comes down to for me it's it's still a would recommend from me because i think the stuff in it that works really does work well. The stuff in it that doesn't work, if you can put that aside mm-hmm. and you can sort of set aside your problems with that, which I ended up doing basically throughout the no, film. I absolutely, just went, yeah. Okay, so that stuff I'm not particularly interested in, but I can push that to the side and I can actually see that here is the sort of framework. This is the heart of the concept yes. and that works. So if, if it's a case of we're rating it on our scale of would not, that'll do or would recommend mm-hmm. it's an absolute would recommend but it's one of those where you go it's not a complete film no which is a shame but the stuff that works works better than anything in the that'll do pig section yes and the thing is it's like the way i put it to myself is just go okay this is just the framing device for me to explore explore <laughs> explore a mm. interesting character study and a really important conversation piece here. Yeah. And that's, I think everyone should see it. Yeah. And I, the fact that it's available for everyone to see, I think is going to really benefit it. Um, and we obviously know that a lot of people who've seen it hated it because, mm-hmm. well, they hate message. a lot of different things. You know, if you, if you just spend any time on Twitter or social media, mm. you'll see people are already having a backlash against this film because of, what it is and the fact that it's actually trying to say something. Mm. Um, all I would say to anyone is go and watch it. And if any of it strikes a chord of you, we have a service called the internet. Go and look yeah, at some of this stuff afterwards. Research it, find out. Because about it things. talks about some things in there that I didn't know about. Mm. Um, I remember when we went to America um, and you basically spoke to me and Mark at length about the Vietnam War mm. and kind of what it meant to the people. Because obviously we we were aware of it, but actually, but you're not really aware of the impact and how it's perceived. Into this is the thing is that throughout the film, the Vietnamese characters are referring to it the American War mm-hmm. because it was America's war. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't for the good of anything other than flexing muscle. Yeah, and it massively backfired with the tragic cost of millions of human lives. Exactly. So I think it's one of those films that it is a starting off, jumping off point as well for you. That you know, not only about you know the lives of the black population in that war, mm. but also just America in general and how it affected that country going forward. So like we spoke before about um, Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's now all on Netflix as well, guys. So really, no excuse not to watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he went to Vietnam and he spoke to people about the war and how it affects them, like. You know, it is something that it was a huge part of very recent history. Um, so yeah, I do, I do think it is something that everyone should watch. It is long; mm-hmm. it's two and a half hours long, easily. Yeah, yeah, it's like um, two thirty-five, something like that. But it's it's worth it. Mm-hmm. It's this is the thing; it boils down to it. 
it's not Black Klansman, but then again, so few films are anyway. Mm. But if you're looking for something that will at least educate and inform you, as well as entertain you to a point, I think this does it. So, you know, it's not going to be winning any awards for me at the end of the year. It's not going to be my best film of the year. No. But it's certainly in the top half still because the stuff that really works, works well. Mm -hmm. And isn't it good that at least someone is trying to tell these stories? Yes. And I know a lot of people are, and we should give more you know, notice to the smaller filmmakers who are trying to tell these stories as well. And the one the one really great thing that has come out of the recent stuff, world events, let's say, without getting too into it, yeah, yeah. Um, is that people are becoming more aware that there are people out there who have been trying to educate and inform about this kind of thing for years now. And all of a sudden, these people are really benefiting from this and they're saying, well, great, but do something about it. No, absolutely. You know. I, you know, Spike Lee's exactly the same. He's really happy about the, peop- the fact that people are out there on the streets making their voices heard. Mm-hmm. So you have you have one right in this world, really, and that's right to express yourself. Mm. So if you have that ability, go and use it. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. So that's it for this week. We'll normal service. Well, this is normal service, I guess. Yes. <laughs> normal service will continue next week. There's some other stuff out. Um, we will next week potentially have seen Artemis Fowl. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I've heard some weird um, stuff about it, by the way, um, which makes me really interested to watch it. Well, I've heard that they've just changed the entire story and said, instead of a villain, he's now a hero. Yeah. Um, Why would you do that? Also, I saw somebody um, post, but apparently... This is probably chat for next week, half, but come on, let's get into it. the lines of the kid are delivered off screen, almost as though it's been entirely ADR'd. Oh, strange. Um, um, but yeah. That potentially will be next week. Kenneth Brown is an interesting director. Because <laughs> I get the feeling that he he obviously has a very good relationship with Disney after Cinderella. Yeah. It just seems strange, no? <laughs> and then Death on the Nile. You know, that's his next film. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, sure. we might get into that a bit more next week. Yeah. Um, there might be other stuff as well. Yeah, there will. Uh, David Chappelle's new special yes. has just come out, and I was going to watch it before this, and then I was just like, oh, I'll save it for next week. <laughs> um, that's it. Yeah, guys. Um... Wow, I forgot how to end a podcast. As always, you can find us on Facebook and iTunes, Stitcher, Buzzsprout, Spotify, and one more place. Hmm, not sure which one it is, though. Um, if you're listening to us, you you found us somewhere. Yeah, this seems redundant, doesn't it? You say it? this every time. But it does it's seem kind of, redundant, though. When we took it out, on Twitter, the flow did not happen. Yeah, on Twitter, we're at DinosaurMan15, everywhere else, just DinosaurMan. Uh, John Neves did the theme song, as always, this time duetting with Marvin Gaye. Uh, <laughs> it's just heavily Marvin Gaye in um, Defy Bloods. Uh, Andy. Yes. It's looking dark outside now, it isn't is. it? It is, and I know that there's been storms around the country, <gasps> and I'm really excited. Yeah, it might get a thunderstorm. We uh, all know you've been the host big with for, big in for. You've been the host with the most appreciated comments of the podcast, and you've been the host who is just the most dashing boy mm. in all the land. And tread guys, carefully, for you tread on my dreams. <laughs> and every single one of you out there, you are the most valued listeners. What? I hate them all. <laughs> Remember? (laughs) Until Uh, next time, guys. Yeah, see you later. Keep safe, everyone. Bye.